podcast rebellion we're back at it again in second line studio legal gambling council week 11 i'm your host zach barry joining me as always benjamin woodhouse nicholas carr and our official legal gambling council that uh gives the show its name mr austin gray gentlemen welcome in how are we doing this evening Not everybody at once. No. Yeah, goddamn. Good. What, what I'm, just, I'm just, I'm worried about cancellations. I'm just waiting on the other shoe to drop. Like every time I refresh Twitter. Oh my gosh! Yeah, especially after we said we're all good to go. We don't have any positive tests this week. I'm waiting on South Carolina to have thirty of them. Knock on wood. Hopefully, uh, I think. As of this recording at 9.06 p.m. Central Daylight Time, things are still a go for the Rebels and for the Gamecocks. I believe tomorrow is probably a travel day, would it not be, for the Gamecocks? So if they were going to uh, do any kind of postponement, I believe it would be – I think the cutoff has to be today unless uh, I, I would imagine – I don't know, logistics. It's a weird year. Maybe they travel tomorrow, get settled, and – They'll probably travel Friday, but either way, for yeah, you to have an outbreak, there's no way it's going to happen. It would have already started by this point. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but week 11, nonetheless, is going to move on with or without some of these uh, games that were supposedly going to be played. Nick, I don't know if you have them handy, uh, the ones that have been postponed. I don't know if you – if you. I, I know LSU Bama is obviously postponed. Well, yeah. LSU, Bama, and then uh, Ohio State, Maryland, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Georgia, Missouri, Auburn, Mississippi State, Memphis Navy, Air Force, Wyoming, and UL Monroe, Arkansas State. So we're down nine games, and five of them oh. involve a ranked team. You hate it for ULM because they were trying to get a W. Um, so they're gonna no, they weren't going to get it there. Arkansas State. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, We'll jump right in. We'll, we'll just go ahead and, and get this show on the road. Uh, Nick, the keys are, are yours, and uh, let's go ahead and get this thing going and and uh, start uh, picking some games. All right. Well, no, I mean, there's not a ton to talk about in the SEC. We'll just go ahead and jump right to it. There are three games. One of them involves Vanderbilt. Um, so, like I said, just really not. Technically, it's a game. Yeah, one of them involves Vanderbilt and Kentucky. I mean, yeah, it is technically a game, I guess. Um, it's actually probably the third best slate on the on the week. Uh, hey, before you we'll start, before you continue, Nick, does does Nick sound like Tom Rinaldi when they're doing like some really heartfelt story on game day about something that's that's gone really really bad for someone just because of this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Vanderbilt, cry. the Vanderbilt season is a Tom Rinaldi story. <laughs> <laughs> that's true uh well let's do this one then i mean vanderbilt's a 17 or 17 and a half point underdog at kentucky and you guys have seen kentucky not a great football team i think that says a, a lot about vanderbilt well uh, shout out and r.i.p to the goat alex trebek but uh this game is uh what is a college football game in week 11 that i will not watch a second of because this is absolutely just a miserable watch waiting to happen. I, Kentucky's going to cover. Bandy is so bad. Uh, I don't see any way that they can score. Kentucky's defense is, is pretty darn good. They uh, typically force teams to uh, turn the ball over via the interception. Their defensive backs are 
pretty darn good. Uh, I think uh, whoever, whether it's Joey Gatewood or uh, Terry Wilson, uh, whoever is quarterback for Kentucky, Mark Stoops, they're just going to beat him up to a pulp and uh, just wear him down. So I'm going cats here big. Yeah, I'll tell that. I lay the points with Kentucky. I'm not going to I'm not gonna lock it in, but um, I think it's just a game that Kentucky knows they can get pretty easy. And uh, look, Kentucky, not – not a great football team, but you know there there are a couple of bad breaks from you know maybe being three and three, and you know they're going to go three and four after the Vandy game. That's not an off. I mean, anytime Kentucky can win three or more SEC games, can't be a bad year. So, good, good lord, um, that's stark. Do what? <laughs> that's anytime you can win three games in the SEC, not a bad year. Well, what, did, you, what does that say about your program? I. I could probably say the same for Ole Miss. We won't get into that. Hey, now. But, you know. Easy. Hey, a three SEC Ole Miss went, uh, season is a seven and five record. That's right. No, no, you're fair. We had that reading in my lifetime. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm just going to jump on this because I, I don't want Austin to say the same thing. So if he's going to pair at me, I'll let him have to do it after me. It. Maybe Vanderbilt last week was a little spunky down in Starkville. Their their mm. their offense is not great, but I think they had five turnovers. But for the five turnovers, they probably win that game. I and mean, they they lost twenty four to seventeen. And I think one. Of, no, I don't think I watched one of the turnovers came inside the forty with about seven minutes to go in the game. And and this could be a product of Mississippi State having the worst offense I've ever seen. I think they had 202 yards total, and they had negative one yards rushing, uh, which you know, I, mean, I haven't seen a team with negative rushing yards since we beat MSU in the, the 2008 Bowl. But that MSU offense is bad, so maybe this is a product of that. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, what, what is it? Is it Kenny Sears? Uh, Ken Seals. Ken Seals. Excuse Ken me. Sears. Ken, Ken, Mr. the quarterback <laughs> at Vanderbilt. Send Seals. Yes, Mr. Kills was not terrible last week. Ken Seals, there we go. He, They're improving. The defense played a little bit better. We know how bad Kentucky's offense is. I'm going to call it a cover, mostly because I think that Vanderbilt's looking at the schedule and going, can we play within 10 of someone again this season? This is it. I think this is that game. If, yeah. you, if you wanted to get funky, you throw just like a tenth of a unit on Vanderbilt money line. Every week, every week, I can't have a more ridiculous take, and then he does it. Okay, uh, a tenth, a tenth it. of a unit. It's mark all it about down. Positive EV plays. Mark it down. Eleven, eleven, two thousand twenty, nine thirteen p.m. Uh, Nicholas Carr took his first sip of alcohol <laughs> with that one. Um, I will say I, I'm not going to get that crazy, but I might circle back on this one. The over uh, is a little tantalizing. It's only 42. <laughs> um, so can Kentucky score 30 something and can Vandy score, you know, 13? We'll see. Uh, might put a pin in that. But anyway, yeah, I think everybody's in agreement here. I, I don't want to speak for Austin, but I assume you're taking Kentucky. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I said this in our group text last week. That state Vandy game was the rare treat in which neither team deserved to cover. Like, neither team wanted to win. Neither team wanted to cover. Neither team had any interest in playing that game. Uh, I tend to agree here with Nick, though, not on the money line call, but just oh, okay. <laughs> Ken, Ken Sills looks like the, the light is starting to come on. Now, it doesn't matter because he doesn't have much talent around him, and um, he can only do so much. But they almost had 500 yards of offense against State last week. Uh, <laughs> so bad. It, it's incredible. Um and State's defense has not been bad throughout the year. You have to wonder if maybe State's defense is starting to let go of the rope because they've been waiting on the offense to produce now for about a month, a month and a half. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I think Vandy's coming around. I think the question is really, though, you know, uh, can Kentucky get into the mid-20s or high-30s? If so, they probably eke out a cover. I, I don't want to be involved in this game in any capacity at all total included but if terry wilson plays you have to think kentucky can probably just grind out you know a 24 to 7 24 to 10 kind of win i don't know it's right on the number but as zach said there's there's no reason to watch this game and there's even less reason to bet it all right this is an aside i just had to look at at the, those MSU numbers. And MSU is not playing this week, so we don't have to talk about them much. But would y'all care to guess the number of players on Mississippi State's football team with more than 60 yards rushing on the season? Mm-hmm. One. It's one. Jaquavius Marks, 131 yards. Their leading got, rusher is 131 yards? 131 yards. But listen to this. They've only got one receiver with more than one touchdown. That guy's no longer on the team. Is it the Osiris Bama transfer? No, it's it's Osiris Mitchell. Didn't he get? Didn't oh. he opt out? I, I, maybe I'm wrong there. He was purged. Regardless, they've got yeah. He was he was in the in the purge. Uh, the, the second one. That's it, they've just got one guy with more than one receiving touchdown on the year. I haven't I, yeah. Woof. I haven't watched Mississippi State this year. I did not know that. Yes, uh, but yes, please, offensive line uh, prospects, go there and, and, and pass block 65 times yeah. a game. That'll be fun. Yeah. The, the last stat, the, the touchdown-interception ratio for K.J. Costello, six TDs, ten interceptions. Not much better for Will Rogers, two and four. So they've thrown eight touchdowns this season and 14 interceptions. I'd be curious to know the last SEC team that had a negative, that mm. threw more interceptions than touchdowns. I doubt it's happened in years. Y'all disagree? Well, I mean, here's the thing. At least they have a coach that's flexible and willing to adapt. So this was just should get better yeah. as we move forward. He uses what his team gives him. I mean, guys, at least the ride will be fun. That's right. <laughs> I can't, I can't right. get over that stat. Please, I'll, well, I'll look into Please it. go to another game. Um, All right. The next one. I mean, this is going to be just as fun as the last one we just talked about. All right. Florida host Arkansas. Uh, line, I don't, I don't think that's right. You can get it either it's – you can just get it at 17 and a half. Open at 18, and the uh, over-under is sitting there at 60 or 60 and a half. Uh, well, I'm laying the points. Um, I don't – Arkansas won last week, but Tennessee fucking sucks. So, cool. Um, shout out to all the Arkansas fans in our mentions uh, digging up old tweets where we're making fun of your stupid-ass head coach for being a goober. Um, yeah, you're not beating Florida. Uh I think Kyle Trask and company are on 
on uh, on track to get to Atlanta. And I is I is Pitts really, playing this week? Do we know? I don't know, but it's not going to matter. He took a big hit in that in that Georgia game. I would think that he's probably not playing. Just they don't. Florida shouldn't need him to play in this game. Uh, Kadarius Tony's probably going to pick up slack for him. Uh, whoever, it doesn't matter. They're going to put somebody else out there that's going to be able to beat, um, you know, Charlie uh, White Shoes Johnson that has an arm brace and uh, ran all over the place against Ole Miss. I, whoever the walk-on was that, uh, that had a game of his life. I, this is Gators big. I, I think Dan Mullen has the team uh, that he has been building uh, for about you know three or four years, like this is his team, and I think, barring something crazy, I do think that Florida is going to give Alabama all it wants in Atlanta because that Bama defense is not what it normally is, and I think Kyle Trask might be the best quarterback in the SEC and probably up there, uh, pretty high up in the Heisman race right now. I mean, he is just having a phenomenal season. Uh, hopefully, Kyle Pitts is is healthy and can come back. If, if not this week, next week, but. Um, I like the Gators. I, I think this is a statement win for uh, for Dan Mullen. I think he's he's on a mission right now. So I'll, I'll let Nick and Austin go first. Y'all go ahead. Yeah, uh, would, go, go ahead, Nick. Well, uh, you, you go ahead because you got Florida, I think. No, I, I feel like it's a huge letdown spot here for Florida. I mean, I, I don't know that we'll see a larger letdown spot maybe in the college football season this year, save for a game that I may lock in later um, later tonight. But I, I don't see them getting up for this game. There's there's no motivation to skull drag Arkansas, though it may accidentally happen just by virtue of the talent disparity. If Pitts doesn't play, though, that's a big, big loss for Florida. Um and you got to keep in mind, this is Felipe Frank's revenge revenge game. Now, what does that mean? Absolutely nothing, probably. But um, you got to think his teammates want to get up for him and play hard. Uh, I don't expect the absence of Sam Pittman to matter uh, at all. In fact, it may serve as motivation for Arkansas to win one for the Gipper. But I don't think in terms of X's and O's or strategy that Pittman impacts the game in any way. Um, Odom, I think, is going to run the show. And Odom has familiarity with Florida from his time at Mizzou. So a lot of things point to an Arkansas cover here, but that assumes that Florida is really not interested and that Arkansas has all the the motivation um, in their favor. If Florida decides to play, decides to give a shit, I think they roll Arkansas. Um, And Arkansas is due to be rolled. We keep saying it every week, or I do anyway, and I keep being wrong. But at some point, they have to regress here. They can't keep benefiting from the turnover luck that they've been getting week in and week out. At some point, a team's going to play a relatively clean game, a game against them and just beat the hell out of them. So it could be this week. We, we talked about it beforehand about how lucky Arkansas has been. I was telling you guys that they're right at plus seven, plus 6.8 actually turnover luck per game, which is, I mean, a, a touchdown in a game is a huge number of extra points to be, you know, earning that you normally shouldn't be getting. So this goes against everything I believe, but I'm taking the points. Uh, I mean, I don't think Pitts is going to play most because I don't think they're going to force him to play. And if I'm getting two and a half touchdowns here, uh, you know, I guess a team without their best player coming off the biggest game of the season, uh, an Arkansas team's defense ranks in the top 45. 
Uh, I think they'll probably have them schemed up. I don't think Pittman, like you said, is a huge factor in the game. But I just think that Arkansas is going to do just enough to keep this close. I mean, like I said, that defense is – they've been good. I mean, they've they've been forcing turnovers. I don't know that they're going to do a a ton against Trask. I mean, you mentioned him being one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. I think – I mean, you're looking at Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. Those are the four best quarterbacks in the country. Um, I mean, unless you you want to make an arm for Keaton Slovis out at USC, I don't don't think you can. Those are the guys. I mean, Trask has been really good. But it's a letdown don't, spot. Don't forget the Mormon Manziel. Ah, that's right, Zach Wilson. But he's top five. But it's not a game they need to win big. So if you told me that you know they cruise to this one, you know thirty-five twenty, I think that that's very possible. So I've I've hated on Felipe Franks all year, just as we all have. Can anybody tell me how many interceptions he's thrown since the Georgia game, week uh, one? No, I, I can't. But it feels pretty clean. One interception since yeah. Georgia. He he completes sixty seven percent of his passes. Look, I don't think the guy's very good either, but when you when you're throwing fourteen touchdowns and three picks, two of which came against Georgia and completing two thirds of your passes, that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's certainly you're gonna stay in every game yeah. or you know, unless you're just completely outmanned. And Arkansas might be this weekend. I you know, on first glance, I agree with Zach that that I think Florida, there's a chance that Florida runs away with this one. But I also agree with Austin that it's a letdown. I thought those, both of those before y'all talked. It, here's the thing. Arkansas, eventually we're just going to have to accept the fact that they're not going to get blown out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, at some point you got to say, you know, I think last week even, not to toot my own horn here, but I think I said they would beat Tennessee. It's like Arkansas money lines the play. You, you know, they – they got beat by 11 against A&M, and that's really the only solid loss they have since Georgia in week one. And and frankly, let's just, let's just call that what it is. It was a close game through two and a half quarters. Georgia ran away with it late in the third and into the fourth. And Arkansas was coming off of how many straight SEC losses? You know, now that they got that win against Mississippi State the next week, they're starting to believe more. I'm not sitting here telling y'all Arkansas is a good football team, but at some point you have to say, well, they're definitely scrappy enough to keep it close. And when you're as bad as they are and as bad as those guys have been, I mean, you think about it. 2008 Ole Miss is a great example, and I'm not talking about in terms of talent because 08 Ole Miss was great. It had lots of talent. But like Parade Jerry and Greg Hardy and those guys, they've been in Ole Miss for a long time and got their ass beat a lot. Mm-hmm. And so Arkansas is not going to have any letdown games. Like that's not in the, that's just not going to happen this year. They're going to ride this all the way to the end of the season. Now they may get beat like a dog against Alabama and just like anybody else. But if I'm getting 17 and a half at Florida coming off of their biggest rival against Georgia, you know, in a game that, you know, they played very well with every opportunity to play down. I'm going to take the Hogs, and and no, I, I mean I'm not going to bet it in in real life, and and accept the fact that Florida could win this game 45 to three, and that would not surprise me. I think Florida is the second best team I've seen all year behind Alabama, and and frankly, I think they've got a chance to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. I mean, I, I really like Florida. Arkansas is just so freaking scrappy. I just don't like anybody beating them more than 17 points. 
I'll say this before we move on. We talked about the turnover luck, and I do think that as you know, Felipe Franks has has been good. They don't ask him to do a lot, but he uh, he's, he's been been good at what they've asked him to do. Uh, it's a homecoming of, of sorts for him. Going back to Florida, he was quarterback there. A lot of pressure on him, I, I would assume, to perform. It's on the road, and you talked about Barry Odom having familiarity with Florida with his time at Missouri. And I think that uh, Dan Mullen and Todd Grantham know a thing or two about Felipe Franks and uh, what or what or what uh, deters him from ticking. So I think that the Gators are going to have something for him. I think that they get to him a lot. Uh, I think they're going to force some some turnovers, whether that's interceptions, fumbles, whatnot. I, I still don't know how healthy Rakeem Boyd is. So uh, I, I would imagine that Todd Grantham is going to blitz a shit ton like he always does, and they're going to try to make Franks beat him. I'm not so sure if he's capable of that, but also we talk about Arkansas just continuing to win. They don't get blown out. I think they've been playing over their head a little bit because the talent disparity in every game is not in their favor. They've been playing on a high what seems like a month now. I think at some point that that uh, <laughs> I just, that flame is going to go out at some point to where – Yeah, that red luck could run out. Yeah, you're going to run into a team like Florida that's a top-five team that just put an absolute beat down on Georgia. And um, I don't know. This just feels like a game that Dan Mullen is playing a team that he should beat, and it's going to be one where he really tries to make a statement. And um, I think this is it. I, I don't know. I I make jokes about it, but Sam Pittman's done a nice job. They're 3-3, three and three, much better than I think anybody on this show thought they'd be. I thought they were going to be really bad. I thought it was going to take a couple years. Um, as we were talking about before we started, though, it might be the opposite. This might be his best year, and then if he can't keep Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom there, then you know who knows what'll happen. Because I do think a lot of the uh, a lot of the credit goes to the coordinators, and Pittman deserves credit for that because he hired them. But I think it's just going to be too much Gators in this one. But uh, we're all making valid points, though. I, I don't, I'm not saying that anyone's wrong here. I think that this game is certainly one that can go either or, but. I tend to lean the team with the with the better quarterback at home, more talent, kind of running away with it late. And by the way, Arkansas is still perfect against the spread. Oh, hey, the Cowboys are still defeated against the spread, so <laughs> they're keeping up with them. I think that Arkansas has got a really good chance of going five and five on the year. I mean, I, I expect them to beat LSU at home, and they got a really good chance of winning at Missouri. So. They could close the year two and two and go five and five, win five SEC games. In a normal year, that'd be five and three. They'd be looking at a nine and three record. Mm. Well, it seems like non cons their Achilles heel because you know they lose to like North Toledo Texas. Yeah. yeah. Colorado, Colorado State. All right. Last game of the of the, of the week. This is the only other SEC game of the week, if you recall. Georgia, Missouri is canceled. Tennessee takes AM, Alabama, LSU. MSU Auburn. So the last game is Ole Miss at home against South Carolina. Line open at seven. My dad texted me and told me to bet on that game. I was unable to get in at seven. It's bet all the way up to eleven. Uh, you might could find a sports book at ten and a half. Either way, it's currently Ole Miss minus eleven and uh, over under at seventy and a half. Uh, so. I think this game is kind of a perfect storm for Ole Miss to 
kind of have another big announcement of, hey, we're not Matt Luke's Ole Miss anymore. I think uh, the bye week came at a perfect time. And then uh, the opposite end of the spectrum, South Carolina is just reeling right now. Got absolutely embarrassed last week against A&M. Had the, uh, you know, speaking of Matt Luke, had the very Matt Luke field goal in the fourth quarter to uh, not get shut out. Um, I kind of feel like Ole Miss is is kind of preparing themselves for a uh, big home stretch to close out the season. We just talked about Arkansas trying to get to five and five. I think Ole Miss is uh, five and five is certainly within reach for Lane Kiffin and this team. Um, it's a weird matchup. It, it's kind of one of those where it's it, it's the Spider Man, like the opposite Spider Man meme, where one team has no offense and a good defense, and the other team has a good offense and a bad defense. But again, I typically lean the better quarterback and it's at home for Ole Miss. And I mean, South Carolina doesn't know who their quarterback is right now. They had an open competition all week. Um, I'm going to go Ole Miss here. I think they cover. Uh, I think that they win big. Uh, Ben, we talked about it the other night. Uh, You alluded to it. I think if Ole Miss goes up a couple scores early, the Gamecocks might just slide slide down. Um, I don't think Muschamp's in jeopardy of losing his job this season just because it's a weird COVID abbreviated all SEC schedule, but the seat is incredibly hot there. People in Columbia are not happy. Ray Tanner's on the hook as well. Uh, they might have a whole shakeup football coach and AD office. So um, I think Kiffin is licking his chops for this one. Um, primetime game at night, really a big opportunity for Ole Miss to make a statement. And I think that Ole Miss is going to take full advantage of it. And I I like Ole Miss big here, maybe like a, maybe like a 40 to, you know, 23 type win uh, for the Rebels. I I, I think uh, Elijah Moore is going to continue to keep pace and and keep making headway to break AJ Brown's single season receptions record. I like Kenny Aboa. He's a big time uh, mismatch for anybody. And uh, I think uh, DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge has this defense little by little, week by week. They're making some improvements. The scheme is starting to work a little bit better. Um, I know it was Vandy, but they tackle better in space. They uh, got off the field on third down more. I'm uh, not only just as a fan excited for a game, but I'm excited to just see what kind of strides they're going to make after a bye week. So I like Ole Miss here. Um, I – I don't know what to do here. I would have taken Ole Miss minus seven. Eleven just seems like a lot of points. Sorry, my dog is squeaking his toy in the background if you can hear it. <laughs> um, look, I think that um, – I guess that's his cowbell. Um, no. <sighs> eleven points, other than Vanderbilt, eleven points just seems like a lot for this Ole Miss team to beat anybody. Um I am cognizant of the fact that South Carolina got 150 total yards last week and got beat 48 to three against A&M. And I think they averaged like 2.2 yards per carry and 3.6 yards per pass. I'm going off of memory for what we talked about last night, Zach. Um, I'll lay the points because I'm an Ole Miss fan. I don't like the line at all. I I don't. I just think that there's so many points and we're going to have to rely on the defense to get enough stops for Ole Miss to get out to a two, three score lead and then hope that the defense can shut it, shut them down. So I, you know, I, well, and I I don't mean to interrupt you, Ben, but I want to throw this at you because I was looking at the numbers earlier. Um, You, you brought up an interesting point that I forgot to mention. Um, So South Carolina runs the ball 
with some decent success. And uh, I think that's going to be something that they rely on. Kevin Harris is uh, third in the SEC in rushing right now. Um, I think they're going to have to really lean on him to try to get things going. And then they're going to definitely, if I had to guess, try to do that to keep Matt Corral and Ole Miss off the field. But if Ole Miss, DJ Durkin then have to know that South Carolina doesn't know who the quarterback is. So they're, I think the best bet is just to stack the box, take Kevin Harris out of the game and make, whether it's Colin Hill, Ryan Walensky, Luke Doty, the true freshman, whoever is quarterback, try to beat them. Now, can certainly be done because the secondary for Ole Miss is not great, but that's the matchup to watch. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I totally forgot. But that's that's what you got to watch here in this game is can Ole Miss get stops on third down? That's if you keep the offense out there, I, I like my chances with what Jeff Levington can do. Yeah, I think I agree with with Ben here in that I, I think Ole Miss wins, and I think Ole Miss wins pretty comfortably. I'm not comfortable with the number where it is now, though. Once you've crossed a couple of key numbers in seven and then ten, it's hard to lay that eleven. I mean, it's a, that's a, just a tricky number. So you're basically asking for a two touchdown win. Um, and I think we're certainly capable of beating South Carolina by two touchdowns. Um, I just don't know that I wanted to bet on it at seven obviously was a really soft opener as is evidenced by where the number currently sits. But, but um, I would have jumped on seven quickly. Uh, I think, you know, there's a saying in boxing where styles make fights. And I think that's true to some degree with football too. And and if it is true in this game, we're going to, to beat them and, and should beat them comfortably because they can't trade haymakers with us. They just can't. They haven't been able to trade haymakers with anybody all season. In order to win, South Carolina has to grind out games, um, you know, possess the ball, try to rack up some some rushing yards and uh, maybe get a turnover here and there. And they may get some turnovers against uh, Ole Miss on Saturday uh, with Corral. And as often as we throw the ball around, that, that's certainly possible. But uh, I think Ben mentioned it on the podcast earlier in the week. If, if we – out of the gate, if we go up fourteen nothing or fourteen to six, you know twenty one to seven, it's over. I mean, the game is over at that point. South Carolina is not going to be able to claw its way back into it. Um, and I think we we also tend to focus, by the way, on South Carolina's defense as a strength. Well, it's only a strength relative to their offense. Their defense is not very good. It's just better than their offense is. I, I just looked at the numbers. They're eighty seventh in passing yards given up. They're seventy sixth in rushing yards. Um, they're 76th in time on the field. They're 57th in number of plays given up per game. They're 98th in yards per play given up. I mean, these are not particularly impressive numbers. Um, so I, I think our offense does whatever it wants to do, which has been the case with most teams this year that we've faced off with. As Zach said, the question for me is, can the defense get third down stops? Can we get off the field? And if we can't, can we create a turnover here or there? Can we get a fumble? Can, can, we, can we pick the ball off? Just to give the offense that extra possession, two extra possessions, if that's the case, I think we roll. Um, I do expect a win. I just don't want to lay the 11. Now, there's not Austin – well, sorry, Nick. I forgot another thing. Real quick, you mentioned the run game. People forget Ole Miss leads the SEC in rushing right now. So They were t- 23rd in the country, by the way. Yeah, so it's not all – I mean, Matt Corral gets all the accolades, but Snoop Connor and Jaron Ely have – and carried the shoulder the load offensively too. So if 
if they if if South Carolina is going to just drop eight, like that seems to be the the blueprint that everybody thinks works. When Arkansas did it, um, you know, Jeff Levy and them are going to be totally fine handing it off. Yeah, and I neglected to mention, and, and y'all may have, so forgive me if this is redundant, but, you know, we had the bye week. I think Levy's going to be in his bag Saturday, too. Like, I think we're going to pull some shit out that we haven't seen yet this year, um, and it may feel excessive against a mush champ team that's sort of flailing right now, but, you know, I think we're going to see some unique looks, so maybe some looks that we haven't seen since maybe week one and different variants. Um, so I, I think the offense is going to have a day. Yeah, I, there's not a ton I can add that you guys haven't said other than to say I am very seriously considering the under 70 in this game. I do not think that South Carolina is going to be able to score a ton of points. I mean, their offense has not been great running the ball. I, I guess that's the strength of the team. I mean, either 85th in passing success rate in, in the SP+. Plus. I mean, they're bad passing, but they also can't really run. So, I mean, that's a that's a lethal combination. They're, they're pretty bad on center downs. But also really bad on passing downs. They don't. I mean, they scored three points last week against Texas A&M. They scored twenty-four points uh, two weeks prior against LSU, seven of which were in garbage time, and they still lost by thirty-eight or twenty-eight points. Um, you know, they, they did score a little bit on Auburn, but I mean, their best output's been against Vanderbilt this year. And other than that, they haven't broken thirty points this season. Uh, it's just not a great offensive team. I think Ole Miss is going to just come out and score. I, I honestly, I think the eleven points is a pretty decent bet still, because I just think Ole Miss is going to come out and whip them. I mean, Ole Miss has had two weeks to prepare, so if there is going to be any improvement on, on the defensive side, it's going to come in this this two week off period. You know, from from the time you've got off to to be scouting South Carolina and to understand that starting the season two and four, you can easily end the season five and five, and this is where it begins. I, I think this is a a blowout win for Ole Miss just based on how they've been playing offensively and based on how South Carolina has been offensively. And I'm, I'm taking a long, hard look at the under 70s or under is. 71. There he is. He's back. No more Vandy money line talk. I like this, Nick. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so that's going to do it for the first half of the show. We're going to have a quick word from the sponsors. When we come back, We'll pick some more games. We'll give you some locks. We don't have any yet, so we'll have 12 locks for you on the other side. Hang tight. Legal Gambling Council Week 11. We'll be back right after this. It's Zach again. Podcast Rebellion. To remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments, part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. 
And you've got your lunch specials, 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, Go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something the place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out the rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station Bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So like we always say, Ask your, pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. And we are back here. Podcast Rebellion, Legal Gambling Council, Week 11. All right, Nick, if you want to uh, start us off, it, first off, if you want to talk about any other big national games, you can. Uh, you still have the keys here. Uh, you're controlling the band. But if not, uh, if anyone's just itching to get on the board with a uh, lock, go ahead. Um, so I'm going to throw it to you. I mean, we're out of national games. I mean, their their national games exist, but the slate was so bad that ESPN decided to go to the Masters, where there's not even going to be fans. Not that I'm I'm upset about it. I love Augusta, but there's not even going to be fans, and that's where they decided to go. So there's nothing out there on the, on the table. 
However, I will go ahead and, and, and start off the locks if that, that's okay with you guys. Fire um, away. And I'm, Let's go. And I'm going to take the Oregon Ducks minus 10. Damn it. Uh, they looked good last week. There was a, the first game of, of big Pac-12 conference play, and I, I know I said that I wasn't going to jump in too early on Pac-12, so I didn't take any of the games last week, but they came out and looked great against Stanford. They're playing a Washington State team that is going to be in week two of Nick Rolovich's uh, new tenure. Uh, they looked pretty decent last week. Um, they ran the ball a little bit more, had more of a traditional offense against Oregon State. But th- this is not a Washington State team that's equipped to compete with Oregon. Oregon's going to come out. and They've got to understand that you know they need to go 6-0. and They need to look really good doing it if they want to get in the college football playoff. I don't think they're going to have any problem with that. I mean, I, I know they lost – Herbert and they really hadn't missed a beat. I mean, Tyler Shaw's been was good last week. He was efficient. Um, CJ Verdell is a very good running back for Oregon. I think they're a lot better than Washington State. And I know that uh, Rolovich came out and said that Washington State was down 23 players last week uh, in their game against Oregon State from COVID. Now they still won, but I don't know how many of those players are going to be back this week. If if 23 players are out against Oregon, then 10 points is a bargain. So give me Oregon minus 10 in that game. Okay. Um, so I'll go quickly. Last last Saturday, there was a game on ESPN3 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, between the Southern Miss Golden Eagles and the University of North Alabama Lions. And to say that uh, Southern struggled with UNA – would be putting it lightly. And and UNA is essentially still a Division II football team. I mean, they were they were playing Delta State not too long ago as a two years ago. They, they still can't they still can't make the playoffs. They're still in their provisional period. And Southern Miss struggled putting them away. I remember watching the game thinking if John Rice Plumley played quarterback at Southern Miss, I think at, like against UNA, I think he could score every play. Just watching watching them play. The line opened up. I'll be quick. The line opened up eight. Western Kentucky favored by eight at home against USM. I can get it as low as three and a half. I'm going to take the Hilltoppers minus three and a half against Southern Miss. Simply because of the fact that I just watched Southern Miss play against UNA and they struggled to put UNA. And now North Alabama, UNA is a great football program for Division Two. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they had a great, you know, run there and and it's a they deserved the promotion to division one double a but it is or fcs whatever you call it it there's no i mean the type of player una recruits as opposed to western kentucky or really what southern miss should be recruiting is two separate two separate guys and the fact that southern miss played them that i just can't get past that can't get that out of my head i'm going to take western kentucky minus three and a half All right. I like it. All right, question. I feel like I pick a Southern Miss game every week. <laughs> question. Uh, is the Nebraska-Penn State game still on? Um, yes, as yeah, far as I know. Okay. Uh, I'm taking Penn State. Um, <laughs> Nebraska sucks. And I'm getting the line. If you can tell, if you can get me something better, let me know. But I'm seeing minus three and a half Penn State. Um, 
I see three. Okay, give me three. I'm just going to go on the fact that Sean Clifford. Sorry, I see two and a half. Two and a half at sports betting. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Even better. Take that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Nittany Lions here. Uh, love to see them lose because you know, James Franklin's a great guy. But uh, Nebraska's a joke. Uh, the whole like Scott Frost uh, day thing is hilarious to me. And uh, they glorify that guy for no reason. He is not a good coach there. We all know what he did at UCF. That's feels like forever ago. I'm going Nittany Lions. If I can get it two and a half, then whew, put a put a large sum of money on that. I think uh, Penn State is going to roll here. I, I think uh, Clifford's good enough to uh, to get Penn State a W here. All right. So last week Notre Dame beats uh, number one Clemson. Right. The last time. Notre Dame beat a number one team was 1993. They beat Florida State 31 to 24. And the next week, Notre Dame played Boston College and lost outright. And that's going to happen again, except not outright. But I'm going with Boston College in the points against the Irish this week. It's an enormous letdown spot for Notre Dame, um, comparable to that of Florida this week. Um, there's absolutely no way they get up for Boston College as much as Boston College is going to get up for them. Uh, I like Boston College's coach anyway. Their quarterback's not bad, Yarkovic, and much like Felipe Franks, this is a revenge game for Yarkovic, who was at Notre Dame just a couple of years ago. So give me Boston College plus what can I get, Nick? 13 and a half, or can I get a 14? It's going to be require me to get off the uh, mute. Yeah, you get 13 and a half. I'd rather have 14, but give me the 13 and a half. No, I'm sorry. You can get it at 14. I was thinking you were, you were on the other side. Yeah, you can get it at 14 even. Give me the 14 with Boston College. All right. Yeah, okay. I, like that bet. I like that bet a ton, actually. Uh, all right, my next uh, bet here, we're going to stick in the ACC as weird as that is to say – with Notre Dame and Boston College, and these two actually, it's Miami and Virginia Tech. And you look at the line, and you see Virginia Tech is minus two and a half against a top ten Miami team. What's the problem? It's a trap. I know it's in Blacksburg, and you'd think that, you know, with Inner Sandman and, you know, 60,000 crazy fans, this is what the line would be. It appears to be wrong, giving, you know, Virginia Tech a minus two and a half uh, – favorite here, but actually I can get it at one and a half at Circus Sports, so I'm going to take that. The wrong team seems to be favored. Anytime you see that, Vegas knows something. Take Virginia Tech. This is just a pure principle play for me. I think it's a Virginia Tech team that is going to be focused off of last week's loss to Liberty. I don't know what happened there. I mean, I can't really give you a, you know, this is what happened. It was bad. Uh, You know, they probably maybe shouldn't have lost because of the, the timeout there at the end with Fuente. They did lose to Liberty. Inexcusable. They're not losing this week. Miami is a team that's in the top 10, but in a normal season, this is not a top 10 team because of COVID and the way rankings have affected things and how many games they've played compared to teams of the Pac 12 and the Big 10. They're not a big, they're not a top 10 team. Take the Hokies minus one and a half. Mm. So I like it. Has anybody in this podcast watched Wisconsin play football this year? We only, had one yep. off. we only had one chance. 
Do you have to watch Wisconsin play football to know what they look like? I watched them kill my Illinois bet. <laughs> That's so, right. They, they played Michigan Saturday night. The line opened Michigan minus three. You know what the line is now? Wisconsin minus five. Oof. You can get it as low as three and a half, and I'm going to take the three and a half, or I'm going to lay the three and a half with Wisconsin. Michigan is a complete train wreck. I don't care that it's in Ann Arbor. They, they're not having fans in the Big Ten. Michigan is absolutely terrible. Y'all know how many yards they ran for against Indiana? I don't care how good Indiana is playing right now. Do y'all know how many yards they ran for against them without looking? 44. 13. Whoa. They suck. (laughs) That is proof that the Michigan State loss was not a fluke. They were not overlooking them. Now, look, do I think Michigan is going to give Wisconsin their best effort? Yes, this is like the last stand game for Michigan. I get that. But I don't have to see no much from Wisconsin to know that they're going to look just about the same as they look every single year. It's the most consistent program in the country that's not, you know, Nick Saban coached. They beat Illinois 45-7. to They're going to go to the big house, and they're going to give Michigan the business, and Wisconsin's going to win by 10 or 14 points, and Harbaugh is going to be as well as fully out the door. Mm. I really like that. Very, uh, very aggressive. All right. Um, I'm going to go uh, Pac-12 here. Now I'm going to go Arizona State. Laying the points. Minus four against Cal. Um, Arizona State kind of had one stolen from him last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, SC came back in a flurry. Keaton Slovis made some big plays. Comeback win for the Trojans and uh, Clay Helton. It was a great game. Uh, I really like Arizona State. I I was dead wrong on Herm Edwards. I said that it was going to be a complete and utter flop. I was like, this is just a publicity stunt for for everybody in Tempe to just get some former NFL coach there. He's done a fantastic job. Jaden Daniels is a really good quarterback. I like what he's done. He runs. He's a true dual threat. And uh, uh, Rashad White's a really good receiver. I I like what they looked like last week, losing by one on the road in a weird game. And they they, 9 a.m. local kick there. Um, And they had a really good showing. Cal has yet to play a game this year, so I think there's going to be some natural rust for the Golden Bears to knock off. So I like the uh, the Sun Devils here. I'm only getting – I'm only having to lay four, and I will take that any day in uh, a team that's going to be hungry to rebound, uh, probably feel the same way that I feel right now. They probably feel like it was stolen from them. They're going to be eager to get back out there, get in the win column, and Cal is just getting out of the starting gate. So Sun Devils minus four. Austin? All right. I should have mentioned at the outset, I hate this card. So this is like painful. Um, There's There's not a ton out there. Uh, what can you get? What's the uh, Indiana number? Indiana, Michigan State. Uh, can you, you can go either I six and a half or and seven. You have got a half, I've, Zach. I've got seven and a half. Are you going right. Sparty? Yeah, if I can get the hook, give me Sparty. Love it. I love it. Um, 
this is a disgusting bet, but it's one that you have to make. Indiana Oof. is not as good as their record would suggest, although they're, they're not bad, but they eked by Penn State in week one. They were competitive, but but Penn State was the better team on the box score, the better team uh, overall, but but Indiana found a way to win, and, and credit to them for that. But um, they've been playing really above their heads the last few weeks. This has the feel of a sleepy Big Ten game, no reason for Indiana to get really hyped up for Michigan State, who's not looked impressive, albeit or, or except for in one game this year. So Indiana may win outright, but if I can get the touchdown and the hook, give me Sparty. All right. Hmm. All right. You know, you started it with the Big Ten. I guess I'm going to continue it. This is the game that I shouldn't be playing in a million years, I, and I don't know why I'm doing it. I, I played them last week. Is this it off for me. It is. <laughs> it is. You know, I got to go with the Scarlet Knights and Greg Schiano. They no, are hosting yeah. Illinois. They're they're one and two. They started off the season with a with a win at Michigan State. Uh, they played valiantly against both Indiana and Ohio State and came up short. Uh, this is not a game they're going to come up short in. Illinois is trash. I don't. I mean, uh, Bill C's got actually Illinois is the better yeah. team. They've got them winning by three. But that's based on a lot of priors because this Illinois team is terrible. 45-7 loss to Wisconsin, 31-24 to Purdue, and 41-14 in Minnesota. Uh, this, uh, I mean, it sickens me to think that I'm going to take Purdue minus six and a half. I think I saw earlier this year, it's the first time they've been favored by more than three points in a Big Ten game since 2014, um, which is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Crazy statistic, uh, but it, it it opened at five. It's gone up to six and a half. Some places are seven. I'm going to go ahead and take the minus six and a half. And I just think that Rutgers' defense is is too good, and the offense at some point is going to come along. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be when that happens. They played three different ones so far this year. And guys, I want to tell you all the craziest stat I've ever seen. Johnny Langan is a uh, backup quarterback for Rutgers. He's five of five on the season. All right with negative one rushing or negative one passing yards. Mm. Five of five, negative one passing yards. Langan won't be the guy this week, but they're going get to get, get it done against the fighting a lot. I'll say this. I don't know if anybody saw it last week. I was listening to uh, the Shotgun Start earlier this week, and uh, Andy Johnson, one of the hosts, uh, proud Illini alum, he, uh, he was laughing as he brought it up. Illinois – had a first and goal in their game last week, ended up punting. Oh. I mean. Yeah, they're, they're bad anyway, but I think they're down to the, like their third or fourth string quarterback too. So I, I love this bet. I mean, as much I as you like love a bet on Rutgers, too. as much as that's possible to love a Rutgers bet, I love it. I left I left off the best part about Langan's stat line. Five of five for negative one, one yard passing. Also a touchdown. I'm sorry. I just, I had to get that in there. Also a touchdown on the season. Hmm. I don't know how that happened. Ben? Need my third? Yes, sir. Well, I'm going Pac-12. Uh, are all the Pac-12 games playing? Mm, yeah. Okay. I think you're going to do it. I hope you don't do. I'm I'm doing a little Pac-12 after dark action. A little okay, you're 11, 11 p.m. Eastern kick, Washington, Oregon State. That has not been picked yet, has it? Okay. Take it away. I'm going to lay the points with the Huskies. 
mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still not a big fan of Oregon State. Uh, you know, it's it's still – I'll just keep this brief. Washington is a far better program than Oregon State. The fact that the line is 13 does not really make sense to me. Um, if I'm laying 13 points – for example, if you go to uh, Bill Connolly on – what he projects the the spread to be, it's over twenty. So if I'm getting seven points better than what he's got got the projection, I'm going to always almost uniformly take the uh, uh, that team. That's just too big of a spread there. Oregon State's not very good. Washington's still probably the premier program in the Pacific Northwest, you know, including Oregon. So uh, give me the Huskies. Whoa, some slander there. Sorry. Uh, real quick, can anyone name Oregon State's head coach? Is it like Jonathan something? Is that right? First name is correct. Last name is very common. Smith, is that right? That is correct. Yeah, I know uh, this because I backed them last week, um, and they, <laughs> they didn't cash. Jonathan Smith was the quarterback uh, for the Beavers when they had their greatest season in school history. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Oregon State didn't they lose to Washington State last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, by ten. No, wa- mm-hmm. Washington hasn't played a game yet. And I actually had now. I didn't think they'd be good, but had somewhat high hopes for the Beavers because Jonathan Smith's first year they went two and ten, and then last year a big jump five and seven, and they were tied for second in the North in the Pac twelve. Um, but yeah, lost last week. I do. Uh, I, I hesitate to say I like that pick, though, Ben. <laughs> um, I'm I'm trying anything now. I'm just gonna be picking. <laughs> I'm like the guy that that picks uh, the uh, you know. I'm back in Jimmy yeah, Lake. All people. Yeah, pick pick based off of of mascots in the in the NCAA tournament bracket and win. <laughs> All right, uh, my final block here. Um, ben, I thought you were going to take it. Um, I was. And I'm throwing this out there because for the listeners, they might want to take this on their own if they're not leaning on our locks. I was going to take Colorado against Stanford because I think Stanford is just reeling right now. I like the Buffs. They won last week. Um, I just don't think Stanford is anything like they used to be. Um, So I do like Colorado in that one, but I feel like this is the better play. (sighs) can't believe I'm going to do this. This is – my heart is already racing. I'm going to go NC State minus seven. I can't believe State. you took – yeah, I love that pick. That that was my third lock, yeah. Sorry. Um, I was really wanting to go chance against Troy. On the road kind of gave me some pause. I know it's not you – know, there aren't any fans, but I, Coastal Carolina is kind of in cruise control right now, and I think they might be – it's just this like a double or quadruple – sandwich look ahead or look ahead quadruple sandwich with their showdown at the end of the year with Liberty. 
So that's another one to throw out there. Maybe Troy covers the 11 in the Coastal game. I like NC State here. Florida State's just an absolute train wreck right now. Uh, they've got dudes opting out. They've got dudes leaving the program. They've got guys getting kicked off the team, um, guys entering the transfer portal. The Mike Norvell era is not getting off to a good start. NC State played their tails off last week against Miami. Now, Miami is is not you know world beaters by any means, but I think that Dave Dorn and them are going to get it done. It's at home. Florida State's a very gettable game for them, and it's only seven. Um, no, no, Zach. The best, the best line I see that was what it opened at. Yeah, oh, okay. The best line okay. I give to you is nine, nine and a half. You still willing to take it? No. <laughs> Why would I go? What? Because seven was the opening line. Me? Okay, but I can still get it. All right, okay. All right. Well, I, I'm looking at Bill C's sheet here. No, no. What you is can that only cheating? Take the live line. Yeah. Wait. What? Yeah. Yeah, no wonder you've been beating us all year. He's this year. He's setting his own line. <laughs> if we get the open line, let's get Ole Miss plus seven. <laughs> I want Ole Miss plus ten. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> I mean, how many gimmies y'all want? I got a pretty sizable lead here. Uh, Zach's up. Zach's 18 and nine on the year, and I texted you guys on Sunday, and I was like, what is Zach doing? No, I now know. Now we know. Impermissible benefits. The game's easy when you make the rules. Well, I mean, these are Wait, these are these are lines that Bill C posts on Wednesday. I think. Look, it, in the spirit of the season, it's recount time on the fucking LGC. <laughs> okay, is there any book that gives it at seven? Uh, no, that no was, I'm, that was I'm trusting you, Nick, because I can't see what you're looking at. But is there any? What's better than nine and a half? Um, that's. I mean, that's the best I can do for you. It, it's. It's nine and a half or ten, whichever one you want. All right, well, fuck it. I'll go nine and a half because fuck, fuck sake. <laughs> um, whatever. They suck. They're not good. They're not motivated. They've got a lot of issues down there. Like I said, tons of players leaving, opting out, transfer, getting kicked off the team. There are locker room issues. Um, yeah, I like the Wolfpack. Whatever. Screw yeah. it. There's not a I'll ton of go, games. I'll just go two and one this week. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> you're good under ten too. It's a key number. You're you're fine. Yeah, under 10. yeah. There's not a ton of games inside about eight points. Right. I mean, you really think about it. Okay. Well, just so we're clear, I'm looking at Bill C's sheet here, which I've been looking at all year. And again, he posts these on Wednesday, so it's not all opening lines, but. Regardless, I think that move happened today with the news of Marvin Wilson being out there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's receiver. done for the year. Yeah, was was year. Blackman was Blackman playing a ton? I know he. I noticed he's opting out or transferring or whatever. I, I, I think they were think, still shuffling a little. Yeah, yeah. I think Travis was getting the the majority of the reps, but I think he was. Still, Am I crazy? That guy played against us in 2016. Uh, yeah, he's a crazy, right? He was a freshman. He's been there like 11 no, years. No, no, no. That was DeAndre Francois. Okay. I was going to say, he played against Bo um, Wallace. Um, like. so, <laughs> he's, on, he's on the Alex Tejada route. Yeah, graduation. Zach, if it makes you feel, if it's any solace, the Florida State line is as high as 11 and a half at some books. So you're still two points better than, than the highest that you can get it. Now, okay. I'll, I'll tell you one, one thing. It opened at 53 and a half. That's gone all the way up to sixty-one and a half. 
Okay. I'll probably lose this one, but <laughs> I, I'm a man of my word. I'm not going to change it. Um, yeah, it is. It's recount season. Let's just let's just let it ride. Right. Yeah. Uh, should, is that all twelve? Should, yeah. And no, if you if you that. lose, we will reevaluate and maybe take a second look at it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, take the, it straight to the Supreme the, Court. The the bookie uh, that made it nine and a half. It turns out that he died four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, Austin, last one. Man, I, I like I'm reaching here. I don't see anything. So let's let me do. Um, God, what's the Hawaii-San Diego State number? Hell yeah, let's go. 11. Uh, 11 or 11 and a half, depending on which side you take it. Yeah, I watched San Diego State lose to San Jose State's backup last week. So Yeah, get- I know, and I picked them <laughs> as a lock. Uh, believe me, I know. So give me Hawaii. I know they're not good historically on the mainland, but the trip from Hawaii to San Diego is not like the trip from Hawaii to Wyoming. So... Give me the Warriors at what eleven plus eleven plus eleven. Yeah, that's fine. Let's take it. You get a, you can actually get eleven and a half, and that talk about some riveting analysis. That was my caliber type analysis there. <laughs> Hawaii typically doesn't play well, but you know what? Let's go with it. I'm mad at San Diego. <laughs> I told you the car was bad. <laughs> I, I thought about adding, you know, sprinkle a little, you know, uh, total here. The on Vanderbilt. Uh, yeah, that it's just falling so far like that's just cr- i don't like i like playing the opposite of a huge line shift and Wait, you want to go over on vanderbilt or over under? 42 what opened at what 49 y'all 50? are crazy it's <laughs> gonna be like 11 to 4 watch it be a shootout i'm telling you vanderbilt 11 hey. 4 vandy hey real quick we're talking hey, about quick. football ben this is not about football real quick um uh no, never mind. I thought you had some breaking news there for a second. No, I was, looking at, making a, I was looking at making a change, but no. I'm good. Do, 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 Zach, do, do, if you want to make a change, I think it would it, it would benefit you to take seven points to Stanford's given. I don't know if you watched that game Colorado last week. They were putting it on UCLA. If, but for a late fourth quarter comeback where the bus kind of fell asleep, they had 35 points at halftime. Yeah, so they, don't, they don't do that in the, in the Rocky You Island. know what? Zach has a 69-game lead. He's sticking <laughs> with what he picked. <laughs> so, tell me, speaking of that UCLA game, what's going on with Utah-UCLA? That number is crazy. I know Utah's had some COVID issues and apparently uh, actually a really serious COVID issue with one of their players being hospitalized, but they're oh. only laying three against UCLA. Man, I love betting on Utah, too. They are solid. They've got a solid program, yeah. Yeah. What's the line for the buffs? Uh, you can get it Colorado plus seven. Out of that, that's Open the wrong seven, team's favorite there. Down to five and a half. Wait, wait, wait. Um, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, Plus? Yes. Colorado plus seven at Stanford. They're not favored? I don't I don't get it. I really don't. Bill C's got it at Stanford minus two, 2.7. So you're getting four plus points off of Bill C's projections. Yeah, what the fuck? Okay, no. Okay, I'll take that. Um, I'll ride with the Buff Boys. Was it four? Yeah, take off that Florida State game. Four and a half? Yeah. Uh, yeah, seven. Or, sorry. Uh, yeah. 
plus seven. Yeah, Both yeah. Plus watch, uh, watch North Carolina State win by thirty, and, and Colorado get beat. Probably. Um, another one I was looking at. This was a freebie for the listeners. Um, I don't care what Wake's done. I feel like North Carolina will roll in that one. I'm get, I'm seeing thirteen and a half. Y'all see anything else? Yeah, thirteen and a half. Right. It opened at seventeen. Why is the money on Wake? I don't know. It's weird. They beat. Um, Syracuse last week, and Syracuse is trash. Uh, before Wake's, that, they won a weird one against Virginia Tech, and like Wake's not good, and North Carolina is just going to beat up anybody they can you, with that offense. You, you, you their defense to, is sneaky okay. You could have substituted Liberty for Wake right there, though. They also beat Syracuse and Virginia Tech. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, yeah, it's, that goes through twenty twenty six. If Lil Fongo can have Sam Howell throw for 600, they're going to throw for 600. So, um, anyway, shout out to Carl, Carl Durrell and, uh, and the Buff Boys. I'm riding with them. Plus seven, fuck yeah, all day. Stanford's not good. So, anything else? Any other freebies? Any any other last minute? Uh, you know, speak now, forever hold your peace for week 12 if we have games. No, I, I will add if you wanted to to maybe sprinkle a little bit of money line. I think Missouri, uh, excuse me, I think Minnesota is like a three point underdog to Iowa, and they're at home. Uh, it's a Minnesota team that started one and two and kind of got right last week at Illinois. I mean, I, I think they're the better team. I've been impressed by Iowa. So that may be a game you want to look at. I mean, shit, Pillow Academy can get right against. Uh... <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> who, who do they play? Who, who was it? They beat Illinois last week on the road. <laughs> Illinois, yeah, yeah. In Champaign. Oh, excuse me. They went into Lovey Smith's house and, and got right. Um, all right, I think I think I think we're good. I think I, I like this. Uh, we talked about it um, as a as a unit seven and four last week. It was a really good week. We're back eleven games up, uh, closing in on fifty five percent. In the black, so we're uh, we're starting to make some headway. Ben and I were talking on the show earlier this week, and I looked at uh, this time last year. We were in the red, and uh, we had a late surge. So we're ahead. We're ahead of schedule. Uh, we're still uh, we're still doing well, despite uh, we're all taking turns having bad weeks. I know I've had a couple good weeks here and there, um, but I started out terrible, uh, and everybody's just kind of taking turns. Going back and forth. So, Nick, are you over your last six? Oh, easy there. No. <laughs> Why are you bringing up old stuff? <laughs> no, I'm not over my last, last six. Last three weeks, Nick is one and seven. But he had one right. canceled. Or I had a surefire W canceled last week. Yeah, you did. In fairness to me. But no, I went one and one last week. I don't know what we're hating on. Now, 0 and six the previous two weeks is, is a b- bad look. But I see three and zero this week. I see Rutgers winning by about thirty. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. This is a get right week. We got this. Um. All right, so I think we're good. That's gonna do it. Week eleven, legal gambling council. Um, not much to choose from, but I like where we're at. I like these. Uh, running it back here, we've got. Penn State minus two and a half, Arizona State minus four, Colorado plus seven, 
Western Kentucky minus three and a half, Wisconsin minus three and a half, Washington minus 13 and a half, Oregon minus 10, Virginia Tech minus one and a half, Rutgers minus six and a half, Boston College plus 14, Michigan State plus seven and a half, Hawaii plus 11 and a half, Austin going all dogs this week. Uh, I just noticed this week, outside of a, a couple of the last couple of weeks, uh, we haven't really gone totals in a while. But um, nevertheless, like I said, get right week. For, uh, for the fam. So unless we have anything else, we can go ahead and get out of here, guys. I'll give you all something before we get off. You know what the be- one of the best things about the holiday season is that's like underrated that nobody talks about? Talking holiday- politics with family? <laughs> holiday candles. <laughs> oh, dude, I loaded up at Target the other day. Dude, it, we've had like a Christmas candle or Thanksgiving candle or whatever burning for like the past two weeks. Game changer. It just makes your day better. If you ain't got a Douglas fir candle burning at all times, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Another, Maybe a little sentiment on, in there. Hmm. Another pro tip, uh, shout out to our buddy Michael Borky. He mentioned this in our Slack channel the other day. Uh, for those of you that buy real trees, and if, if you have a fireplace, it's even more of a uh, pro move, but – he said uh, after the holidays, he always enjoys burning the tree little by little, whether that's in a fire pit or in your fireplace, just as like a another just like humongous candle you can use. So that's a a pro tip. Um, quick poll: Is everybody in here a real tree? Or are y'all on fake trees? Oh, that that fake tree game. Yeah, team fake tree. <sighs> Man, got to get that shit out of the attic. The box just starts breaking down little by little every year. Yeah, we actually got a bag for hours, and but you should have seen us try to get it out of the attic. It's like everything from the from my whole life must have been between me and that tree to try to get to it. It was almost it almost caused a divorce in our house. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I see. I created a whole tradition around getting the real tree is that uh, before we go get the real tree, we have to go to Waffle House. So that's like our thing. The day after Thanksgiving, that's what we do. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is 2020 just caused us to, you know, we got a little, little frisky. Yeah. I'd be interesting to see what tree lots are like with uh, social distancing and whatnot. I mean, I guess it's still safe. I don't know. Where we went last year, it was packed. So. We'll, we'll, we'll address that after Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving deserves its due. Um, Just take know. the family out into the woods like Clark Griswold. and We could do that. I do have a reciprocating saw, so there is that. I can't forget that. Uh, I, I, the, the cars apparently hate Thanksgiving because they already have all of their Christmas stuff up. Is that right? I know, I know of no such holiday. <laughs> Nick, why do you hate Thanksgiving? The war on Thanksgiving is is in Biden's America. I mean, if you say you hate Christopher Columbus, I'm with you on that because that dude fucking sucked. But I like everything else about Thanksgiving. So many people are going to be triggered. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, Quick uh, shout out to a new sponsor, uh, Holiday on Netflix. Fantastic movie. Incredibly raunchy and terrible, all the like. But uh, it was a good watch. Um. Surprisingly, got a decent Rotten Tomato score, but um, yeah, it was essentially like a Hallmark movie on crack. Uh, it was, uh, it was great. Actually, uh, on crack. Actually, yes, on crack. yes, very much so. Um, 
there was a very inappropriate joke within like the first like 10 minutes. So it was good. Um, but that's going to do it. Legal Gambling Council Week 11. Thank you all for listening. Uh, go ahead and tail, fade the picks, whatever you want to do. Make some money. Enjoy the Masters this weekend. Enjoy the Rebels getting back on the field. We will be back. Hangover edition on uh, Sunday. Uh, full disclosure, it'll be a little later uh, because uh, somebody that will be on the show has a tea time early that morning. So uh, we'll get it to you at some point. We'll recap Ole Miss, South Carolina. Uh, But again, thank y'all for listening. Stay safe out there. For Ben, for Nick, and for Austin, I'm Zach. Thank y'all for listening. We out.